I'm James Deacon and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and the worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they are a dick is up to you. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is Glamru and Crystal from drag pop supergroup Denim. Hiya. Hi. Hi, Hello. Dicks. Hi. <laughs> We're just so excited we managed to find time where the private jet is refueling to come and see you. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's fine, you know, and your charity is really beautiful and we're happy to support you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, should we dive in with your first choice? Who's going to be your first choice for your Desert Island Dicks? Splash! The person. That was a dive. <laughs> Let's dive on in. The person. Um, the first person we chose is actually um, is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, he's super self-involved. I dated him like a while ago now. Bit but of a God complex. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, you know, it would just be so annoying to spend time with, with Jesus on the island just... Constantly mm. talking about himself. I know it's like who hasn't been pinned to a to a, a wall with nails. Stop going on about it. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Also, like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. That happens literally every third date for me. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. You know every weekend I mean? in Vauxhall, we're yeah. up on a cross. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what was it like to What was it like to date Jesus? Um, it started off good. <laughs> you know, he really um he really inspired me in many ways. But you know, it just ended up being really, really complicated. You know, he got sort of big-headed and um, and um, you know, bigger than me. Quite, you know, and I need to date someone who, you know, who's going to support me, not you know, I'm going to be supporting them. He, was, he also did get quite arrogant after the resurrection. Okay, um, right, like, yeah. You know, you know, I got back from the dead. Look at me, and it was like, do you know what? I'm just you were just a real uh, person trying to get through your stuff. Totally. And the water into wine thing. It was like every time I just, you know, by the end I just wanted a fucking glass of water. Right. You know, like, <laughs> um, and actually, I think there was a lot of actual controlling abuse there with totally. the water into wine sometimes you just needed to dehydrate you were dehydrated yeah, I was dehydrated for a long time that's it and you know what about having <laughs> having Jesus though if you had Jesus on the island he could like I don't know walk out on water and like catch your fish and then make up millions of fish yeah I don't know though I just well I mean the fact of the matter is like you know I can do all that stuff anyway. I taught him to do all that. So yeah. it was annoying to have a man take credit for the, mm. the, the, the work of a drag queen. Uh, yeah. um, but men so often do things like that. Um, so, no. <laughs> no. You know, you know, no. And I, I think it's underreported in the media, you know, how much of a dick Jesus Christ mm. was. And he so. also, also he, his wounds, he never really cleaned them. Mm. Oh, right, right. okay. So they got quite smelly. And just sometimes it's like, Jesus... Use a Dettol wipe. Oh, completely. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's actually what's missing from the Bible, mm-hmm. is, is a chapter on sanitization. Yeah. Antibacteria. <laughs> yeah, and actually penicillin. Mm, completely. Yeah. So important. So, okay. so Jesus was we our first. We swear by penicillin. I mean, look mm. how good we look. Also, as Christelle says, we're deities in ourselves, and we mm. don't need those sort of miracles. Sure. Mm. Right, got you. Okay, all right, We're cool. a miracle in ourselves, so... Um, I know it might be painful to talk about it a little bit more, but anything else on Jesus before? Mm. He's also just, you know... Well, you never got on, did you? You know, it's like that thing where I'm you with have Al- a boyfriend. You know, I'm with Allah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Allah's, you know, a really beautiful, non-binary, mm. genderqueer being who, who just wants to, you know, feed me halal cows and, <laughs> you know, bathe me in purity. And there's Jesus, you know, freaking... Talking about himself. Talking about himself. And Allah's just like, word up, no. Yeah. And, and I, you know, my, Allah's my boo. And at the end of the day, 
that's really what tore us apart. Mm. We had a bit of a, a rock in our relationship. Mm. Right? Oh, really? Yeah, well, just our partners didn't get on with each other, yeah. which is always a blow. Yeah, and, and you know, my, you know, my partner didn't really have time for my friends. You know, he thought they were super sinful, mm. and and you know, and, and I said, respect my friends and 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 love me for them and love them. And if this is ever going to work, you have to, you know, integrate yourself into my life. And and. And he didn't. He never wanted to hear that. But you know, when I'd be with his friends, when I'd be with the, you know, the disciples, you know, <laughs> I, I would work hard to get on with them, to entertain them, to you know, to, you know, to break bread with them. Yeah. And he just wouldn't break bread with my and friends. And also, when you told him Judas was going to turn his back on him, and then when he did, he played the victim as if it was this new thing, and it was I, like. You were sucking Judas off ages ago. You told me. I know. Judas gave me all the intel completely. Right. It's just like, you know what? I think we should stop talking about him. No, I know. Yeah. Okay. And not writing about him. Completely. Okay. So Jesus is there. Jesus is your first choice. Who's going to be your second choice for the other? We chose Ed Sheeran, James. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ed Um, Sheeran. Uh, Not the first time Ed Sheeran's been mentioned on this, but I'm interested to see. Well, I mean, I actually think Ed Sheeran's quite profound in Mm. the fact that he's so profoundly sort of inconsequential. He's so astoundingly mediocre. It's yeah. actually, I think, in itself quite a historical moment mm. for, for, for Britain and the world mm. in the way that there's this huge cultural conversation about someone with so little credibility. I mean, I actually find how average he is to be almost remarkable. In itself, it's a feat. Yeah. That he's, he, he offers so little. I think he was like the top five, one, two, three, four, and five of like the most streamed person of last year. I think it literally... When we talk about the dearth of the 21st century, the collapse, mm. the sort of rising xenophobia of Brexit, the kind of birth of neo-fascism with mm. Trump, I think within that historical textbook, we'll also talk about the masses appreciating Ed Sheeran as mm. a kind of another symptom of a really failing global climate. Wow. It's worse than global warming, really. And in fact, I would say let's... Let's let's put that on. You know, mm. where's the Paris Agreement on that? Yeah. How to yeah. how to limit the, the number of, agreement? I mean, <laughs> how to limit the number of streams? How to limit the number of, of discussions? Mm. How to mm. limit the number of number ones? Mm, it's a plague. This is like a global. <laughs> this is going to need every nation to really mm. limit his 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 reach. His reach. As I say, it's worse than carbon emissions, and all we can do is try and reduce the damage yeah. that's already there. Also, like, he looks like what you'd imagine, like, an imaginary friend to look like. You know, yeah. like, when you're young, like, and you have an imaginary friend, just like Ed Sheeran looks like that, you know. Mummy, so, I've got this friend, and he's, like, drawn all over yeah, his arms. Literally. Like, yeah. You know, and he looks kind of like a whoopee cushion in the face. Although I look a little bit. I know, but not to, You can't see me right now. That sounds, like, really harsh. I, The worst thing about Ed Sheeran for me is that a lot of people have told me that I look like him when I'm... You know, when I don't have any makeup on. Um, so I, as a real sore spot there. But I'm, you know, I'm reading myself and reading Ed Sheeran. Have you been, but, uh, have, have people said that you look like Sheeran, Ed Sheeran a lot? I've had Ed Sheeran, I've had Keith Lemon, I've had um, Donald, genuinely Donald Trump. One time I was on a French, um, like, have I got news for you thing? And they were like, oh my God, we met Donald Trump's son. And it was me, and it was like super not funny. But oh. it's, it's literally okay. I made peace with the way I look a long time ago. Mm, but that's, and then had a lot of surgery. But you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be compared to Ed Sheeran. Mm. I mean, you know, I do want that level of fame, if I'm honest. But yeah. I do think, going back to Glamour's far more salient point, that um, 
you know, I think genuinely this global adoration of Ed Sheeran is quite symptomatic of like a dying where, society. Yeah, like where things are now. I just don't get it. It's just not. Mm. It's just not good. Well, like, I was I've really tried. Like I've tried to listen, and it's not good. We we were at Glastonbury when he performed, and it was really funny, James, because we were supposed to do the pyramid that mm. night. Okay, and it was just like a little funny thing. Like we just wound up with the energy of the field. The trees weren't talking to me, and I just said, you know what, I'm not doing this gig. And we actually had a lot of fun just playing a budget little stage mm. yeah. in the Greenpeace area, which we're much happier. They're actually really pleased with that decision. Mm. So yeah, better. but when I went and saw Ed Sheeran performing and saw the audience, it was like a, like one hundred fifty thousand vegetables, <laughs> sort of just kind of receiving just utter monotony, like monotonous, inconsequential music, and it kind of felt like 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 a, a sort of a huge lobotomy had been performed on Glastonbury. Oh, wow. And that is amazing. So so really, I think why we don't want him on the island is because we, we want our brains to keep going, right? We play Sudoku, James. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. We, play, we play cryptic puzzles. Like, <laughs> we're not fucking kidding around with our brain speed. Mm. And Ed Sheeran, I think, would just stop us being able to get off the island because of the rate at which he would reduce our brain, brain function brain because brain. he's so, mm. so limited. He's bringing you down. Yeah, Although, so, if you are an Ed Sheeran fan, because there are a lot of them come to the show and we will show you real <laughs> entertainment yeah okay oh my god Ed Sheeran stands are literally going to be coming to our house aren't they they're going to come to the mosque and also they? we love we love the fans <laughs> but we just you know wake up fans you know yeah it's like everyone thinks Mariah Carey can still sing and she just can't yeah saying. it's like that same thing we just have to be honest about these things in order to you know be better people in order to fight climate change yeah, really it's exactly. the same thing be honest about Ed Sheeran reduce your cob yeah, Sheeran the Sheeran agreement <laughs> yeah I'm calling on all the leaders of all nations <laughs> I do like that one song by him though The Shape of You yeah I know that's I good I to say it but yeah, like it one good. time it came yeah. on when I was like <laughs> At my house, and I was—I lost it. I love that. But one. didn't he borrow that from somebody? He like, wrote it, and he was going to give it to someone else, right? The story goes, it was in like song purgatory. So he wrote it, and it waits. Ah. And then it was going to go to Rihanna, but then he was like, oh, "I'm just going to have it for myself." Oh. So funny. A song I've written's been in song purgatory <laughs> a long it? time. Yeah, it's under embargo too. Okay, but, fair play. You know, yeah. I know that well. That song purgatory. And we gave um, um Te Amo to Rihanna. And we, okay, gave the, yeah. we gave the Beatles um, Yellow Submarine. Yellow yeah. Submarine. <laughs> yeah. We gave the Beatles that, yeah. That was you guys. That was, oh yeah, us girls, yeah. That us was, girls, yeah, you, of course. That yeah. was you girls. Yeah, that was yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't want to spill the tea, but Ness and Dorma. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fair play. All um, right. Yeah, well, mm. it, it, it's I'm sorry, not a fair play. It's, it's quite an achievement, <laughs> I would say. But yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. Little Town of Bethlehem as well. That was an original <laughs> by. Um, by the other the other three girls, Shirley, Aphrodite, and Electra, they and, and um, collaborated on that. green sleeves. Okay, yeah, yeah, sweet. We really loved. Mm. We had a good time in the Renaissance. Mm. I didn't realise what I was dealing with here, but no, that... no, we go way back. Okay, all right. You should have read the Wikipedia. I uh, know. Yeah, sorry. Do you do you like Ed Sheeran? Question. No. Oh, thank God for you. Yeah. And to put that to bed, Ed Sheeran. You know what, though, honey, you do you. You know, you can do, and yeah. we're gonna bench you for now. Okay, um, and see we'll ya. probably have sex with him. I'm not gonna lie. I don't <laughs> want, just probably would. He's got to be doing something right somewhere to get where he. I don't know. Whatever. Moving on. Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. Uh, who's gonna be your third choice for your island? Well, we said any straight white male stand-up comedy and I, comic. And he, I have a theory about straight white male mm. stand-up comics as opposed to queer 
comics, uh, people of colour comics or women comics, is that they think that they have earned their place on the stage just by their birthright. Right, okay. they give you loads of gags, which they... And it's almost like they're telling you that they're funny because everything has such a, such a like a knowing punchline. Like the I describe male, white male stand up comedies who are straight, sort of like men who come on your face without telling you beforehand. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Like I'm gonna put, and it's actually like, no, this is not what I. Ex- this is not, you know. Whereas the comics I like are like character comedians or people who actually really yeah. get into the emotion of the situation mm. and they're funny just as people and you kind of just laugh at where you know, where's the like dun 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 bum bum gag. It's right, like okay, it's almost yeah. like it's- I'm a god of comedy and it's like mm. you are so basic and desperate for my laugh. Mm. Yeah. That- also like every single you know, like, but bum gag has just been made now. Like, there are no new ones. And, like, mm. also, I don't want to hear a, a straight white male comic making a joke about Donald Trump. I want to hear, you know, some, you know, someone who... Desiree Birch. Desiree Birch. Comedian. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Or, you know, any... May Martin. May Martin. Lucy Pierman. Lucy Pierman. Lucy McCormick. Lucy McCormick. Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, it's more like I... I just want to I want to hear a perspective that you know kind of this actually affects in some way okay yeah maybe that's I don't know but it's the what I find is like some of the comic comedians that have made me laugh it's like they're not doing gags like even my favourite comedy on TV like the comeback from Lisa Kudrow it's like the situation and the character is so funny that you feel for them so much that you're just laughing the whole time whereas sometimes I've gone to these like comedy shows and it's like you know that if you don't laugh at the end of that gag they're going to be upset. Right. It's like you're really reckoning with the male ego. Okay, yeah. it's like, okay, well, you've just done the ba boom and I guess, like, I have to give you a laugh. But to be honest, mm. you know... Mm. Yeah, no, I, 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 know, I know the feeling and you're watching something and it's kind of like, <laughs> you're giving them a laugh because you feel like they need that. You have mm. to do it for them. And, like, it's quite bad because they're expecting that laugh as well. And do yeah, you know what I mean? That's it. They're like, here's a joke about Trump, but um bum And yeah. also like, this comes from a place as well, not to get, like, super emotional, but, like, it's not really that emotional, but like, this comes from, comes from a place of, like, having a lot of people give us a lot of these kind of comics give us really fucking patronizing advice like Mm. you know you'll say something that's just funny not for the sake of saying it with your friends or whatever and then they'll go oh my god that was funny and you're like Uh, you don't uh have to fucking tell me or give me permission to be funny like I'm fucking funnier than you like oh my god you know so it's that thing of like it's patronizing advice it's like taking you know it's it's not on stage it's also off stage it's also Mm. online Mm. and in bed you know in all those places I'll tell you what you want to be doing yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had because I, I used to do like the stand up circuit in mm. London, and like denim is full of stand up, and like I feel quite good at it. And even when a show would go well, like the white guy would be like, "Some good gags there." Yeah, did you know that was a gag? And it's like, "Yes, I wrote it." Yeah, oh, right. You know, okay, that kind yeah. Of like you know, and but, it's and, patronizing. And also, I think for me, comedy actually needs to be about emotion. I think that's when you're really laughing and you really care and it's awkward. Mm. And too much of the gag-led stuff has... It's all just about, like, almost like riddles. It's like you're just showing off your brain and, like, men showing off their brain has been the entire of civilization and look where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you think of anyone you like? Sorry, I'm asking you questions now. Because I like love Peter Kay, for example. But like when I was growing up, it was like amazing for me. This is not my real voice. It's just because I moved to America. But I actually grew up in the north of England. And and when I was um, when I was there, it was amazing for me to see one voice that sounded like mine making jokes about things that mm. I 
new on stage. But then there you have it. Peter Peter Kay is from a super working class family. There's a lot of emotion there. There's a lot of emotion tied up with the things that he was talking about. So, you know, I'm not sure what he's like anymore. But I th- of course, there's I'm sure examples of. But basically, everyone. Simon Amstel's good, but he's coming from a queer Jewish perspective. And yeah, less about Spencer guys. Jones. Spencer Jones, but he's like a a clown. Mm. I guess I'm, we're talking specifically of someone on the desert island who would be like, "Here's a gag, but um, yes, I know exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, without saying naming any names, I know exactly who do, you mean. Do you know what I'm and saying? And I feel like it's really saturated. Do you know oh what I mean, there's just God. a ton of them. You know, uh, you can go out and watch almost the same show from a different person every night of the week. Right, and in Edinburgh, apparently, like as soon as Brexit like all the stand-up comedians oh. are like let me tell you about Brexit and it's like do you know what I don't need you to tell me about Brexit yeah. Yeah. I'm a person of colour who will be affected by Brexit mm. let me tell you yeah exactly mm. okay, okay. All right, hard hit. The claws are jo- out. Oh, yeah. sorry, my God. I know it's just you've you've just stirred us, ignited something. <laughs> I mean, the title of the yeah. show does you know call for us to be reedy. So. Yeah. Oh no, I think you're absolutely fine. Oh my it's God, great. you want? Were you put? Pre- is it called Desert Island Dicks? Dicks. I thought you were just mispronouncing it. No, it's Desert Island Dicks. Oh wow, I feel way less awkward about your intro now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I missed it out? I was just like, oh, ble- I just thought, bless her. She's just giving it her best and. <laughs> Don't want to read her on yeah, like, Desert Island. Yeah. Oh, did you think this was Desert Island Discs? And I was Kirsty Young. No, yes, no, I thought it was Desert yeah. Island. We're not on that. What's happening? No, yeah. Can you call my people? Like, where, where is this supposed to be on the hat? Yeah. Are we not on an island? Yeah. So uh, this is Desert Island Discs again. <laughs> um, cool. Thank you. Now, mercifully, among the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you two, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Well, I've got one real quick one. Okay. We have different ones on this. All right, I'll let you... Yeah, can we have you, a different you, one? You on can this? have a few, yeah. yeah, yeah I want to hear them, yeah. So mine, I, I'm quite a big girl. Mm. Um... Oh, you agreed with that. You were supposed to say, oh, honey, you're not. No, I was just taking it all I'm, in. I was mm, just taking it all in. Whatever, you know. I'm, no, no, it's fine. I'm, I've ex- I love it. I love my body. I'm, I'm kind of a big girl. And I love most foods, but They're I beautiful. fucking hate goat's cheese. I hate it. Oh, really? But this is because before I became the queen that I am now, I actually studied veterinary medicine. There's a bit of a story here. And I spent a lot of my teen years on a goat farm Genuinely, this is a true story. Is this true story? I, I promise you. Okay. On a goat farm, fingering goats in the butthole. Why are we fingering goats in the butthole? Because it's about palpating, you know, like the newborns or whatever. Like, mm. it's a really good health check to basically finger a goat in the asshole, like you would fist a cow, which I've done a lot of too. So, what are you looking for in there? You're looking for, um, like, everything to be in order. You sort of, you kind of get like wrist deep or whatever mm. if it's like ailing or pregnant does it hurt them no I mean they're pretty I mean they're you know goats eat like shoes it's like they can take a fist <laughs> in the ass you know what I mean are they quite yeah. loose no no not necessarily I mean they're not huge a cow's fairly loose I got shoulder deep in a cow once so. <gasps> and are they like pleasured no but they're they, they're fine with it like it's actually an um, genuinely if you Listen, honeys, if you ever get the chance to fist a cow, just try it. Because if you go elbow deep into it, shoulder deep, honestly, nothing has ever felt like going back into the womb more. It's like so, like, I really want to do this. It is warming. It like, you know, like peristalsis from the, you know, sigmoid colon happens around your arm. It's pushing. It's pushing. You can feel it. And it's literally like, oh my God, mama, I'm back in the womb. It's like beautiful. So, but I spent a lot of time fist, uh, fingering goats, a lot of time, and the, the, the thing about goats that I don't, that the, you know, that, I, that that is true is that 
the way that goats in life smell is the same way that goats cheese tastes okay. that is not the same for cows the way cows smell is not the same in as as cow's cheese or milk smells in life but goats have a very distinctive smell and that smell is how goat's cheese tastes so it just like brings back all these weird memories for me I like I'm eating like a cracker with some cheese like thinking about fingering a goat (laughs) and like I don't want to do that over like a business lunch or you know lunch with my third husband I just don't want to be thinking about that how does it smell like it tastes I'm trying to like they smell like and taste like a barber wax jacket yeah okay for the country bumpkins among us that's like overpower fucking room it's like off the fucking jacket. It's not like goats. And do you know what? It's so interesting. I'm really, really fascinated by those jackets because a lot of straight men wear them. Mm. And it's like, not only do you have to dominate my world with, you know, your politics and being in every film, it's like, you then walk into this room and you literally alter the olfactory situation. Mm. And we now have to know that you're here by sensory oppressive experience. And you know, Mm. I've been been charting this. Mm. Okay. When straight men are in a room mm. and they breathe louder than everybody else, ah. I've noticed them take up space even with their breath. <laughs> okay. And I just I'm think, very conscious of my breath now. <laughs> no, no, but, but you're allowed to because you're yeah. queer and therefore you're actually just using the breath that was denied of you <laughs> from systemic oppression. It's so in- it's interesting though. I think the barber jacket was a sort of... Trumpism mm. of clothes. Mm. Mm. Okay, okay. From goat's cheese to Trumpism of clothes. Thank um, you for sharing your goat's cheese fingering story. I'm so proud of you. Mm. Thank you. And what about your drink choice? What's going to be your drink choice? So we have to say not a drink. Mm. Mm. Interesting. What would be the worst possible drink that you could have for the rest of your life? You know what it is, actually? For me, non-alcoholic beers, which were, like, all around me in my childhood, because I was brought up Muslim. Okay. And I think it would just, you know, remind me of Allah's fiery finger. Yeah, God, I mean... Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, honestly, like, all my dad and his friends with their, like, mafia cigars playing, like, poker in Dubai, like, right, okay. on that non-alcoholic beer as if they were, like, from Ocean's Eleven. So, like, the thing is, uh, if you're not getting the, the alcohol from the beer, surely there's, like, much nicer drinks that you could just be but enjoying. You're, you're getting the aesthetic signifier okay. of status. And actually, right. this is very much like Dubai, which is about what are the symbols telling you the function's pointless. So, for instance, you know Snog, the frozen, frozen yoghurt mm, place? Mm-hmm. It's like around the corner. Yeah, Dubai has loads of them, and they've brought over all the slogans as well. So, like, there's this huge one in Dubai Mall, which says the hottest place to Snog is Dubai. Right, and okay. all these women in hijabs eating the snog. Now, it's actually illegal to snog anyone in public in Dubai. You can actually go to prison. And... But it's fine to have that slogan. Like. Well, because it's, it's basically missed the point. And, like, I was trying to explain this when I was there with my parents. And we went to Ping Pong, you know, the dim sum place. Mm. And you know how the slogan is, like, dim sum teas, cocktails, mm-hmm. right? So the Dubai had the exact same one. I was like, oh my God, a cocktail bar. I was like, can I have a cocktail? They're like, we don't do cocktails. It's alcoholic. <laughs> but it says it on there. Yeah, because it's, but that's, so that's kind of related to the beer. It's like, this is the kind of person that I am, but the function's kind of pointless. Okay, right. So more for like similar with me and goes, she's more for like what it brings up for you. Yeah. 
like from you know for like right yeah, yeah yeah it's in, not in necessarily way, the drink itself. the drink itself is a signifier it's once a again sign- completely right. I see what you're saying right okay. which is not you know because of- one of our girls drinks non-alcoholic beer the whole time oh right okay and every time she she lights her flame to smoke a cigarette there's Allah punishing mm. me on a bed oh. <laughs> you know in, in hell yeah. <laughs> one of those one of those things you know uh, fortunately for you both you won't be able without entertainment on the island the plane's entertainment system continues to work but just your luck it only has two working settings one is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song what are they Should and why well my least favourite film of all time mm. is La La Land yeah why, why, is, why La La Land Firstly, it's not a musical. Like, it was not a musical. Okay, that first scene, that bizarre sort of on the roof of the car kind mm. of medley tap dance yeah. was probably the most unfollowed through sequence I've ever seen in a film. It was like this odd kind of. You know what it reminded me of? That Gaviscon advert, like, what a feeling. Oh, yeah. Where she's like, yeah, yeah the it's just like that. So yeah. it was like that. And then the rest of this film happened, which wasn't really a musical because there was like three songs which was kind of interesting and also I just felt that it was Hollywood sort of giving itself a prostate orgasm okay. as a film it was literally a film celebrating the glory of Hollywood and I don't think it's coincidental that you know Trumpism and make America great again came similar to like the rise of like basically a re-whitewashing of Hollywood cinema right okay and where black people were the villains of jazz do we remember that right okay and all and white man Ryan Gosling is that his name mm. like Ryan Gosling saves jazz from the black man like ah, come on and yeah. explains it to them it's so and weird. also like Emma Emma Stone's part of basically being like I just want to be an actor and you're so incredible Incredible and complicated, and it's like mm. he's actually quite brain dead. And I just also felt like Moonlight had just come out, and that was such like what the point of cinema was. And yeah, I've yeah. been asked. I wrote an article actually for the Independent, which went quite viral about La La Land, mm. about always being asked to play terrorists, and I was just fed up. Mm. And like everyone was like, "This is the most interesting film ever," but it was basically, I think, a fable about Hollywood, which erased. Minorities. You mentioned Moonlight there. It was in the Oscars, wasn't it, where they were announced and then it was Moonlight actually won. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah it must have been a beautiful moment the, for you. It was just watching the white cast get edged out by the black <laughs> so one. So good, so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't comment on La La Land because I literally fell asleep like three minutes in the whole way through. <laughs> and I woke it. up and was like, I woke up, I kept waking up being like, what the fuck is going on? And then falling asleep. I just, I'm, also, I'm, I mean, I'm sensitive. with Amber, but I just don't want to, I don't want to watch it again. But you also, you, you, wanted that well you got that part I got the part but I couldn't oh yeah yeah what part were you, sorry what part both parts yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I couldn't I couldn't take either yeah because um, you were doing um, human centipede yeah it? human centipede <laughs> yeah I, was the I remember you in that yeah yeah, yeah. No, I thought, I thought you were the middle one the one that consumes and also excretes well it's a super long line this time so I was like the third from the back uh, okay. so I had like 50 people's shit like that too. Oh, amazing. I was like the 50, 50, 51st person's <laughs> shit. Right. So, you know, La La Land is a, is a touchy topic for me. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> anyone that like, like actually likes musicals didn't like La La Land. Because it was not a musical. Yeah. I think like if you're going to say, well, look, it was an homage to whole Hollywood. Then mm. it was a really bad homage because oh. it actually was not a musical. 
Like that. Although interesting, is it a, is it a bad homage to Hollywood? Not to film, but to Hollywood because Hollywood is like, as we all know, like just super white and like mm. super old. Like until recently, but like super like you know like brushing over any issues. Like it's just this like mm. gleaming, quite like super. Is it? I don't know. Well. I mean, if it was an homage to old Hollywood musicals like Singing the Rain and stuff, it failed because it just wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't a musical. Yeah. Uh, but there are loads of great filmmakers who look at old Hollywood, like Todd Haynes mm. or Carol or Far From Heaven, and they put queer people into it. I feel like... I always think, like, this is why I have a real problem with period dramas. It's like, why are we trying to remember a past that was actually founded on colonialism yes look at us in Downton like enjoying tea while we just genocided 10 million people in India Mm. and I feel like La La Land is again like kind of rosy and it's just I think nostalgia is really dangerous and I actually think nostalgia is responsible for like a bit of Brexit you know Mm. take back control yeah for sure make America great again which is what slavery like what is Mm. making it again Jim Crow would La La Land have been better if it wasn't billed as a musical Um, I think it would have been better if everyone who was in it didn't have a career in the film industry. <laughs> <laughs> La La Land. No, just, no, but I mean, like, it, it just, as with so many films, I think it needs to be like, I just, it's the, it was just deeply unurgent. It's like, why am I wasting two hours of my life watching this when I could be watching something that's actually going to tell a story? Like I would rather story. watch a 28 hour live stream black and white documentary about an amp farm. <laughs> then La La Land for mm. four minutes mm. so there well, is this song which I used to listen to when I was a child back in the north of England um, that my dad used to love my dad's a, a good a really good man and has learned a lot about you know being more politically engaged but my dad used to love this song mm. um by Jack Jones, mm-hmm. you know, an old, an old um, sort of Burt Bacharach era, you know, muse singer. Am, mm-hmm. am I, that's right, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a song called Wives and Lovers. Yes, I know the song. It is the most. And I remember literally like listening to it and being like, oh my God, I love this song. Like, da, da, da. and if you listen to the lyrics, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Don't think because there's a ring on your finger, you. Try anymore For wives should always be lovers too In a way, maybe I would take that song because it's, it's a real hoot, you know, <laughs> because literally the, the verse starts like, hey, little girl, do your hair, brush your hair, do your makeup, soon he'll come home through the door. And it's all about how, like, mm. you know, if you don't make an effort with your appearance and the cooking and the cleaning, <gasps> your man is really? going to be... It's unbelievable. It is horrific. It is really like, bad. Isn't yeah. a lot of country music like It's that. not really country. It's like huge commercial global like what is it like jazz is it jazz it's not jazz. it's like I mean, crooner kind of crooner yeah, yeah. music like. is it like damn the old working men's clubs uh, no 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 it's, no, it's, it's like um, it's, it's like um, it's oh. kind of like a uh, like yeah like a crooner style like Frank Sinatra style Sinatra kind of thing world yeah yeah. sort of like what came slightly after that you know yeah you know yeah and, and the, the crazy thing is so many of the songs that were like that he wrote Bird Bacharach etc were so good and then mm. there was this dog pile of steaming shit yeah. anyway but maybe I you know it's I so guess offensive it would, I guess what, what are some lyrics um, um, do your hair it's basically do your hair do your makeup you, you need to make yourself look beautiful for when he comes home otherwise he might go and 
like find someone else. So day oh. after day, there are girls at the office, and it's like how just you're you're ugly unless you try. Like don't let him go to work with your hair and curlers. You may never see him again. <laughs> yeah. Like literally yeah. unbelievable. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's like Jesus, Mary, Joseph, unreal. And then it was covered fairly recently by like Ed what, no but by like <laughs> by like a really sincere like I have this real guilty pleasure which is like really sincere YouTube uh, acoustic um, acoustic okay female not male I don't like any of them but like you know these like amazing the really amazing talented singers who take these songs and really sin- earnestly cover them mm. you know and I everything about my life is to like avoid you know, being too earnest because God, it's so boring. I don't know. I, mm. I need to think about why, but um, the I love this. Like, really, truly love these like super earnest singers who like really feel the emotion of a song. And there's this one that I really like called Alice Something, and she did Jack Jones, Wives and Lovers, and like really like felt it, like had tears in her eyes. And I was like, not in a bad way. She was like, God, this song is just so good. And I was quite like, No, come what on, what's happening? Yeah. Oh my God, fourth wave. Like, come on. Think um, of the lyrics. It's horrific. Of the lyric, yeah. So there's that. It, may, it was it was a big song, right? It was like a m- huge, huge massive, commercial. Yeah. It was on it's Burt Bacharach's greatest hits. There was like ten of them on the one on the ultimate, and that was one of them. And he wrote like fucking Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear, whatever that song mm. is called that I love. Mm. But do, do you think people are just like were just ignoring the lyrics, or anyone sort of went? No, oh, definitely not. Hang on, like, hang on a second. Uh, but when, what did was, you just when sing? would that have been like? 60s, late 60s. Feminism was just starting, 68. Yeah, but like, exactly. So like, mm. late 60s, it's still, you would still have a huge, like, a huge, you know, part of the population that, I mean, like, wasn't necessarily talking, you know, or listening to feminism and, you know, who are really culturally quite peculiar as as Mm. produce songs and shouldn't. Bastille. Bastille. Partly because I'm really interested in this. Go on. It's just, it's that kind of, Tortured male, you know, when he's like, Glamour does I the best was left in your own diva. I say, like, and it's just like, try do Bastille singing other songs, and you'll just realize how absurdly odd it is. Like, Teenage Dream, which is like, um, go on. you think I'm funny without any makeup on, you think I'm funny when I said the punchline wrong, like, all right, that. okay. And it's like, why are you singing as you've got pain in your voice when you're actually saying something that's so emotionally inept? Mm. It's so weird, this one, because one time I saw, saw them live and I like wept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When they did Pompeii, I was like, oh my god, this is so When you amazing. close your eyes. Literally. Yeah, it, right. Do you remember when Bastille and Rudimental yeah. did a, a thing at the Brits? And it was, it was wow. I went to a thing the other day, and Bastille and Craig David did a song. Wow. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. It was just like bland there was no content and then it was like oh yeah they were talking about it but beforehand and they were like oh yeah, no, yeah. no but beforehand they were saying oh it's got this amazing twist and like it's got this huge like drop and Damn. and it just had none of that right and like it, the only time you want to be, t- be between Bastille and David. Craig David is a spit roast yeah exactly <laughs> okay. although Craig David's a huge Tory is he? I don't, I don't, yeah oh my God, huge! Apparently, yeah, yeah. I we have a. Fr- I, I actually don't know if I genuinely can. Talk no, you can't. About that. You can't no, talk no, about that. No. And that's just there. A cliffhanger. Mm. Um, Google it in Do your you know own what time. Cliffhanger means in the drag world. No, what does it mean? When your toes, um, 
are too big for the heels and they kind of just hang off. Mm. Is that is that bad? Or it's is hilarious. It's very funny. That's very it's funny. very me. It's, it's <laughs> not anymore. But there was a time when you had one this one pair of shoes where. You know, where her feet wouldn't drop over the edge. But that's because you're brave enough to wear an open toe. I would never wear an open toe. I'm brave toe, enough honey. to wear an open you're toe. You're brave, you know, you're, you, you, you live it. I'd, li- I'd like you to all come to my Just Giving page and mm. save mm. the open toe. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's currently got $3. It's doing so well. <laughs> yeah. Halfway to the target. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, great. Um, so Jack Jones, Wives and Lovers goes in there. And finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? We actually had a really long conversation about this and it's really hard. Like, you know, goats. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do an animal because, you know, animals are kind of great. And also, mm. like, you say an animal on the island, but then you could just, like, eat it or, like, get it to catch stuff for you or, like, mm. domesticate it. Yeah. Know, with my a training. S- you know event. what? A skunk would be yeah. quite annoying. Yeah, just, like, stinking the place like, up all the time. But you could kill it, and I'm not pro... I, would, hate, would, I hate fur. Go- I'm not pro fur at all, genuinely. But if you killed it, you could use it as, like, a blanket. So, like, there, you know, that's the thing about the animal question. Mm. There's this weird loophole that I think you need to organize for your next You know show. what I would? I'm kidding. Yeah? Actually, because I'm a... This is not actually a joke. I'm, like, a, a fish activist. Okay, yeah. Like, I really was... I'm not laughing, sorry. Uh, yeah, no. No. Well, we'll talk about that after. Okay. Um, but, um... <laughs> Just a quick word, if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> when I was a kid, like I used to have a marine aquarium. In oh, nice! Room, and actually, like it saves my life because the ocean is so woke. It's like yeah. the, every fish is swapping gender. Everything's so fluid. It's so yeah. colorful. It really saved me. But when I was working in an aquarium shop where I worked for four years every summer, it's like a parallel universe for queer people. Every, honestly, that it saved my life. Mm. We petitioned for banning glass fish. Which What's are, that? They're these clear fish, really beautiful species that that because they're clear, people inject dye into them so that they can ah. sell like pink. And it's not really good for them, James. No, yeah, I'll um, bet, yeah. Obviously. And then parrot fish. Mm. I actually get emotional thinking about it, and this is really sensitive subject for me. Are these like hybrid fish, which is essentially like a cross between like a cichlid, obviously, and this other kind of cichlid? I, I have no idea what a no. cichlid is. So you don't? You don't? No. Neither do I. Don't worry. But I've seen one. Yeah. They've shown me. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, and 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 they're like these sort of creatures that don't have like any reason to exist and just are pissed off in the tank at their oh. existence. They can't breed. They can't do anything. And they're actually like just genetically. Deformed. Oh, and like, but they look great. That. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but but health wise for that. Health wise, are they? Are they? Do they look good? Yeah. <laughs> then so that's why they want <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, no. So I think I would definitely ban. Well, yeah, I would. I would bring them all actually mm. to the island, okay, to save them from yes. being dyed and bred. Uh, yes, yes. That's really okay, nice. that's really good. That's I really love that. Nice. Oh, well, it's like you could bring Donald Trump to the island, so the rest of the world wouldn't have to deal with him. Mm. So it's like you're taking that hit for humanity. In a way, if you choose smartly, you could really change the world for the better. Oh, please! By yeah. living, you know, by living on the desert island with these awful people. So we're going to go animal choices: Donald Trump and cichlids. Um. 
Glassfish, actually. Glassfish, sorry. You know what? They need me more at this at this point. You can't fix all the world's wrongs, Kelly. Okay, <laughs> Glassfish. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, lovely James. I really appreciate it. Thank you. If people want to hear more from you, where okay. can they hear you? We are actually good human beings. Yeah. Um, we are very critical about the world. But our show, Denim, mm. which um, just was sold out in Edinburgh last summer after also doing a world tour. Wembley was really beautiful, especially. Um, the O2, Milton Keynes Bowl, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Our show, which is continuing on Wednesday basically is about five drag queens who so believe in their world that you will be coming to the Soho Theatre but leaving thinking that you literally just watched a Wembley arena show not even arena basic Wembley stadium show yeah um, it's about the power of pop the power of friendship the power of being queer and just delusionally happy like okay. our shows are terminally happy it's almost like how are these queer people including like a queer Muslim and all these misfits so happy given the world right now but that's kind of what we want people to take away like just the joy of being queer and so that's at the Soho Theatre for I believe Wednesday through Sunday from now until Wednesday through fe- Saturday. When Wednesday through Saturday from now until That's sorry the Sunday nights the Wembley show until the third of February. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Twelve yeah. dates actually. One week we're off because um, with charity work. But. And also, um, you know, it's while we say come, there's a huge queue already. It's right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And a so. half before the run was announced, actually, just people that predicted it. Um, so the likelihood of getting a ticket is tiny. Mm. But you know, maybe if you're lucky, just go online. Try. You know. Go to any, select any of the yeah, so no, 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 I'm kidding come denim, come denim girl band on Instagram yeah. we need more followers but please do follow us what, what, um, and on Twitter are you on Twitter um, we are at denim underscore UK I don't know I think sort of cyberspace keeps crashing because of the traffic but okay, I do yeah. try and get on that and individually are you on Twitter or I'm Glamru Glamru G-L-A-M-R-O-U yeah and I'm Tom Glitter and that's on Twitter Facebook Instagram and RedTube okay <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much thank you this has actually been so much fun oh, so I really, much fun I really appreciate you coming thank you thank you love bye you bye, bye. bye. bye.